Good morning, good morning, good morning, good beautiful morning to every single one. Um, hi, this is Arthur Pearlie Martin. Thank you for joining into my podcast, Biblical Principles for Your Inner Healing. Um, today is February the 7th. Thank God for 2022. It's a beautiful Monday morning here. And I'm getting ready to talk today about we're going to talk today about entering into God's rest. How many of you need to enter? You need some rest. You need, we need to be able to cease from our labor, our own doing things in our own ability and doing things in our own strength. How many of you need some rest? How many of you need to be able to rest in the Lord? We're getting ready to talk about that in one second, one moment. But first, guys, you know what we're going to do. We're going to pray first. Father, we just thank you for being together, being in our midst, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you created us to be the head and not the tail above and not beneath. You've given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything You've given us everything that we need to live this to live Christ-like, Father God. And this is why we say greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Father, because the spirit in us is greater. Father, we thank you for um, leading, guiding, and directing our path, giving us ears to hear what the spirit of the living God has to say, Lord God. And give us your wisdom to know how to do what it is that we hear. In Jesus' name, we thank you for a rhema word, Father, that your word will not return void, but it will accomplish those things where it has been sent. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Guys, again, thank you guys for joining in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How many of you need to some rest? I know for a fact you need some rest. You need because I'm sensing it in my spirit. Just rushing here and there and looking for a word everywhere. Um, just trying to figure it out. You got, but God never called. I mean, you know that God never called us to try to figure it out. He said, those who are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. We don't want to give birth to no Ishmael's like, um, Sarah and Sarah and Abraham. You know, we don't want to go with trying to make up our own thing and, and, and do things our own way. Because when we do, we're not following God's way and his will and his what, right? So how do we enter into the rest, into his rest? He said, um, take my yoke upon me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light right come rest God wants us to rest he said I want you to take my yoke upon you hold on one second So how do we enter into the rest of God? 
How do we do it? We say, um, he tells us to take our, his yoke upon us and learn of him. For a yoke is easy and his burden is light, right? Um, so we can find rest for our souls. How many of you know that the reason we can't rest is because of what's going on in the soul, in the mind, right? It's the mind that's racing here and there that's got our body racing here and there that's got us just sitting there coming up with our own idea just like Sarah Sarah and uh, like Sarah did she's sitting there and she heard the promise she knew that this is what God said but maybe okay well maybe he meant for it to happen this way and maybe he meant for it to happen so you know she started trying to come up even though he had already told her that the baby was going to come through her womb you know she didn't have faith to believe it how many of you know that you have to have we have to have faith to rest in what God say we have to have faith in God to believe God so we can rest in God we cannot have contentment with godliness um, without having faith in the God who said it and so she heard the word she believed the word but she didn't believe the word she believed that she was supposed to have a child But how was it going to happen? She didn't know the how to. So she started trying to figure out how to, how to make this happen. How, how God said, I'm going to be a millionaire. How how do I, how do I, how do I make this happen? Well, it's not so much about you making it happen. What it is, is though, is about getting the wisdom and the counsel of God, getting his strategies and his blueprints so he can show you how to do what he's asked you to do. God said, come and ask me for wisdom. He does not expect for us to try to figure out how to do what he has asked us to do, right? After all, it's his instructions. It's his idea. Um, so I need your plans. And when, when you get a word from the Lord or you sense the Lord wanting you to do something, I tell you what, do not move. Don't do nothing until you get the instructions until you get the strategy because if you start moving without his without his mission then you're going to start moving outside of his will how many of you know there is a way that seemeth right to a man but the end thereof is death and when we start doing stuff like i'm sure that sarah in the, it it looked like it was that, that way was okay because after God did say that I was going to have a child, yeah, but he said the baby was going to come through Sarah's womb. He said, you're going to have, it, you're, it, it's going to be your baby, Sarah. He never said anything about, you got, you know, someone else is going to give you a baby. None of that. Right? He gave you that word. It was for you. You laughed because you thought it was funny because really you didn't believe it. You was being sarcastic. Right? So you went about, we go about doing our own thing trying to figure out how to do what God said. It's not for us to figure it out. He said, those who are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. So how do we enter into that rest? How can we learn to be content in whatsoever state we in? Well, we have to see ourselves as on our way to where we're going. And we don't learn to be content when we're not content. What we are is anxious. It causes us to be anxious. When we're not content, it's, it causes us to be discontent, which causes us to be um, anxious. He said, be anxious for nothing. He said, in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, just let your requests be made known unto God. And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will cover your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So he said, now, okay, so how is it, how can, do I not, how, what causes us not to be anxious? Okay, well, he's telling us. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, 
uh, prayer and supplication with, with thanksgiving. Prayer, supplication, and giving thanksgiving that keeps us from becoming anxious. Okay, he said, let your request be made known unto God. So did you go to God and ask him for his instructions? Did you say, okay, God, I believe this is what you want me to do. I believe you want me to open this uh, food pantry. I believe you want me to open this, whatever. Whatever it is, his instructions are to you. Now, Lord, um, you told me to make my, you know, make through prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving to let my request be made known unto you. So I'm here, Lord. I'm making my request known. And I'm and I and you told me to ask for wisdom. And because you would give it to me. So I'm here today, Lord, asking you for wisdom as to how to do what you have asked me to do. Because I'm not here to resist you. I am yielded to you. And I, my heart desire is to fulfill your desire. So I'm gonna sit here until like, you get a clear word. I, I need a word from you, Lord. I need your instructions. And I'm asking you for wisdom. Now, I think the thing that the, the frust that, you know, don't let the devil pull us, you out of your place of peace because life is like pieces. He's going to give you a piece. He may give you a piece at a time. He may lead you here. Those who are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. Okay. He ordered the footsteps, acknowledge, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge God and he will direct your path. Right. So he said footsteps. Okay. So he's going to give us a piece at a time. He don't give you because it don't take faith to believe in something that you can see. It don't you don't need faith. To, you don't have to hope in something that you already, you know, you already have or that you can already see the word says. So he's giving you a piece at a time. The Lord wants us to learn to trust him, to take him at his word. You know, Thomas said, Lord, I won't believe unless I can touch the hole in your side. And the Lord said, go on and do it. But you're more blessed to see uh, who can um believe without sin you know he said an evil and a wicked generation they always looking for a sign why because what we're saying is when we can't take God at his word we're saying I won't believe it until I see it we're just like Dalton Thomas we're saying I won't believe it Lord unless I can see it unless I can put my hands in the side of your you know in your side out my finger I won't I don't believe it I don't believe it's you I, I won't believe it until I see it that's not faith because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that you can't see, that's not seen, right? Um, we, ha we have to, it's, faith is like walking on water. Hold on one moment. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? The evidence of things not seen. You don't need to have faith for something that you can see. You don't, don't take faith for something that you, you know, you don't have to hope for something that you, you already have so or that you can see. So let's, we're talking about entering into the rest of God. To rest in God, you got to have faith in God. And you can't just sit still until you get a word, do nothing. Just sit there and continue to pray. You might need to cut some things off so you can hear. Uh, might be the radio, the TV. And don't be jumping here and there trying to find a word. Because when we have itching ears, that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're going here trying to get a word. We're calling this person trying to get a word. We're calling that person trying to get a word. When we don't like that word, that's what causes us to have itching ears. You know, someone said, okay, well, just be still. Don't, don't do nothing. Just pray. And when it's time, the Lord will give you instructions. He'll give you blueprints. He'll give you strategies. He'll tell you 
um, when it's time to do something. Um, I wrote my my first book like 10 years ago, Dating Identify, Mary God's Way. And back then, I, you know, the Lord gave me an idea to do a, a Christian speed dating event. But I thought at the time was then. And so I went to try to start it then, 10 years ago. But that wasn't the time. Things didn't work out. And, uh, the, you know, it just didn't work out because that wasn't the timing. But, yeah, he did give me the vision. It just wasn't the timing. It wasn't the right time. It wasn't the place. Little did I know that I was going to have to suffer seven years of hardship really in my marriage because see at the time I wrote that book I was in a good place so I had to go through something to get to something and now I am a much more uh, better person more mature person now than I was 10 years ago so I so now he has released me and and, uh, opened some doors where I could do the Christian speed dating event 10 years later I still have I still have the instructions from when I first wrote it 10 years ago. But that was just for me to write out the vision, but that wasn't the time. But now, for such a time, but you know, when it didn't work out, I just left it alone. I didn't try to make it work out. I didn't try to uh, create a, 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 a Isaac. I just left it alone because I understand that when God graces you to do, call you to do something, he will grace you to do it. That's how, at least that's how he operates in my life. It's no, I don't work, it's rest. Even when we do these outreaches, it's not work, it's rest. Because I'm just following his instructions. I'm just doing things the way he asked me to do it. It's his idea, right? It's not our responsibility to try to figure out what God is asking us to do. That's not our part. That's not our portion. Our part is to ask him for wisdom, say, okay, surrender. Say, okay, Father, I heard what you said. Now, Give me, I need your wisdom. He said to ask for it because you know we don't have it. I said, okay, now Lord, I need your wisdom to know how to. You already know I, I, I need to know how to do this. And I'm not finna stress over somebody else's business. It's the Father's business, right? So why are you so stressed over the Father's business? It's His business. And when he wants you to do it and you're asking him for wisdom and when we, we stay in an alignment with him and we're not trying to go outside of him, we don't have to worry about creating any Ishmael's. I'm going to rest. It's no big deal. It's no big deal that it didn't happen 10 years ago. I just left it alone and moved on to what's next. Okay, next. That's how I live my life. If, if it don't work out, then I say, okay, next and move on. I'm not fitting to sit here and try to make a square peg fit into a circle hole. It don't work. That's work. When you're trying to make stuff happen, you're not gonna, we're not going to be able to rest in the Lord. We're not going to be able to. It was easy. The Lord had told him, he said, look here, I've already given you this, the land of Canaan. It's flowing with milk and honey. I've given it to you. It's yours. Accept. You're going to have to go in and possess it. Okay, so my mindset is this. So if God already tell, told me he was going to give me something, that means it's mine. That means if we have to go in and fight the giants or our flesh is going to have to suffer a little bit extra or whatever, in the end, we win. You know, when I uh, when I had to go through this trial, this seven-year trial, it was seven years. It was seven. And... um. But it was it didn't feel good, but it was good. It was good that I suffered those things. 
um, because it created the characteristics of Christ in my life. It helped me to produce fruit in my life and it helped me to mature and grow up in Christ because I was determined to live Christ like I'm going to do it your way, Lord. I'm going to do it your way. And when he would teach me stuff, I would act on it. I would, you know, Lord, um, I understand it's not by might nor by power, but it's by your spirit. So I learned great lessons through that seven hard years of tribulation. And I remember what he said, Peter, that after you've suffered for a little while, he will settle you, establish you and confirm you. That's what he did. He settled me. He established me. And, I, and, I, and I'm established in my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I had to learn how to fight in the midst of the fire. See, the devil don't play fair. See, in, 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 in today's army, you get to go to, through basic training, you know, in a nice camp where there's no one really shooting at you for real. You know, you're not having to learn right in the midst of a war. But that's not how spiritual warfare is. You have to learn how to fight the good fight while you're in the fight. Because <laughs> character, tribulations uh, produce uh, patience, and patience produce character. So, so trouble don't feel good, but trouble is working some things together for our good. Think it not strange when fiery trials come upon you as if something strange has happened to you. Because you know, I mean, our faith must be tried so we can know if it's genuine. We need to know if our faith is real. God already knows. So the devil, God is not testing us. Let's get that out of here. God is not. Do you te- will you test your child with evil? Let no man say when he's tempted or he's tested that God is doing it. Because God cannot be tempted by evil. Neither does he tempt anyone with evil. The test is coming from the, the enemy. The devil is coming to steal the word. The Bible say immediately after the seed is sown, Satan comes to steal the word. The devil is coming to steal the word. It's the devil that's testing you. It's the devil that's tempting you. It's Satan who's saying to you, did God really say? Did God really say that you can't eat from the tree? You won't surely die. He knows that when you eat, you're going to become a God just like him, knowing good from evil. It's the devil that's coming to try to steal the word through doubt. He wants us to doubt God because if he can get get us to doubt God, then he's, that's how he steals the word. That's how, see, the reason Eve was deceived because there was a way that seemeth right unto her. She really believed that what she was doing was right. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. So she experienced death spiritually, spiritually separated from God, just like he told her. That's not the right way. I'm telling you what not to do. You know, but the devil tricked her and led her to believe through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, that that was the right way. Same way with Sarah and Abraham. There was a way in Sarah's mind that seemed right. I mean, this just makes sense. A lot of times when God asks us to do stuff, it's not going to make sense to your natural senses. If he tells you you're going to own 50 acres of land and you don't have any money in the bank, that makes no sense to your natural senses. But God is not in the sense realm. He's not in the five, the sense realm. He is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. God is a spirit. 
Okay? So he's not... We can't, He tells us to walk in the spirit. If you walk in the spirit, he says, you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. And so when we get out of the spirit, that's when we begin to fulfill the lust of the flesh. What is the lust? The lust of the flesh? The lust of the eyes? The pride of life? He said, love not the world. Because when you start loving the world, then the love of the father is not in us. What, the, what is the love of the world? The lust of the flesh? The lust of the eyes? The pride of life? So when we get off into that arena, we get out of the spirit. That's walking in the flesh. So when we get when we start trying to figure out how to do stuff, we come out of the spirit. And like Eve and like and like Sarah, we too become deceived. And we're thinking it's the right way. Maybe this is how God meant for me to be debt free. Maybe this is how God meant for me to find my spouse. Maybe this is what God meant when he said this. You don't have to try to figure out what God meant. When you start trying to figure out what God meant, then that's you trying to figure out how to do what he said, which he never told us to do. He said for us to ask him for his wisdom. He said he told us to ask him for his wisdom. And he will give it to us. He said for us to ask him for his wisdom. He never told us to try to figure out the equation. He never told us to try to do what he do without his instructions. And when we try to do what he tell us to do without being still, we have to be still because we're looking for a word. So we're here, we're there, we're at this church, that church, we're calling this person, that person. We're watching this preacher, that preacher. When God is saying, just be still, turn everything off. Don't turn your radio off in your car, turn your TV off in your house and just be still. Seek me. When you listen, when you don't know what to do, do what you do know, what you do know to do. Until God give you another word, keep doing the, keep doing the last word. And and I like to tell people when you don't, we, we a lot of people say they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Do do what Jesus did. Feed the hungry, clothe the naked. It's more to this gospel than just preaching and teaching the gospel. We have to be doers of the word and not hearers only, lest we open ourselves up to that spirit of deception. So how do we enter and what causes us to feel be deceived? Because when you think you know stuff, you can know a lot of stuff and be doing absolutely none of it. But you feel like you're doing something because you know something. That's deception. We actually delayed obedience is disobedience. We have to do what the word say. Don't preach a word if you're not gonna live a word. Because the Bible says it's better that we not even be want to be teachers. Because a teacher is going to have to get more, you know, be more lashes than than the rest. Because you're going to be held more accountable because you knew he didn't know it to do good and do it not for him is sin. There is no exemptions. There, every no one is exempt from being a doer of the word. I don't care how, how anointed you are, or how many scriptures you know. If you don't do, if you're not a doer of the word, then you're operating in deception. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, lest you deceive yourself. The, the worst deception is self-deception. The greatest deception is self-deception because that's that was the that was the th- type of deception that Eve was operating under. She was under that influence, that spirit. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. 
in her heart, in her mind, she really believed that what she was doing was right. She was really convinced that what she was doing was okay. Even though God had already, she knew the word. A lot of times we think of deception just happening to people that don't know. Even Yes, God did say, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. But his people are destroyed too when we don't uh, do what he say. Because when we don't do what he say, we do what we want. Hold on, wait a minute. You know there's no condemnation in this. Because see, what we didn't know, now that we do know, we can just do what we do. Today is a new day. We get to do what God say. Okay, yesterday's gone. There's nothing to be condemned or feel condemned about or any of that. Yesterday's gone. So, and, and what we have is right now. Jesus said, I don't even want you focusing and concentrating on tomorrow. Because, we, you know, tomorrow has enough worries of its own. And when we get into worry, it steals our peace. Because worry is fear. Worry is, is having faith in something that hasn't happened. And that's fear. That, that brings about fear. Because... The devil is telling you bad things to make you feel afraid. But fear not. God is with you. He has you. He wants to lead and guide and direct you. He wants to father us. Will you let our Abba Father father you? God wants to father us. Will you let your our Abba, will you let him father you? He said, unless we come to him as a child, we cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And, and that's, that's a problem, too, because when we think that we're grown, we don't feel like we have to listen to anyone. Grown people don't need, don't need, don't need to hear. You know, I do what I want to do. And then people say, well, I need, a, I need for the Lord to tell me. The Lord is telling you. It's just that you don't want that word. The devil ain't going to tell you to do nothing right. He ain't going to tell you to do nothing good. But when we don't want that word, we go looking for another word. Are you looking for another word? Because when you start trying to look for other words, that's when you begin to get itching ears. And the Bible say that in the end times, um, not only is the elect going to be deceived, but uh, people are not going to endure sound doctrine. They don't want sound doctrine. They want to try to figure out, you know, you want wiggle room, but there is no wiggle room. What God said is what he meant. And that's just what it is. He says what he means, and he means what he says. And it's our responsibility to conform to what he says. It's not his responsibility to conform to what we say. It's our responsibility to conform to what he says. Aren't you, I'm so grateful for his grace and mercy. Because we have all gone astray at some point wanting to do what we want to do. It's the nature of the flesh. The flesh is contrary to the spirit. But if we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill. We, in other words, we won't do what the flesh won't. Because when, when we walk in the spirit, that's walking in alignment with what God say. That's walking in submission to what God say. That's walking in submission and in alignment to what God say. So we walk in the submission to God. That's what we're saying is, Lord, not my will, but let your will be done. That's what's going on there. So when we submit ourselves to the Lord, then we can resist the devil. So we cannot rest in God without having faith in God. We can't be trying to sit up at night trying to figure out, now how am I going to do this and how am I going to do that? And how am I going to do this and how am I going to do that? The Lord said, ask me for wisdom. I'll show you. He's not trying to withhold any good thing. He gave us his only begotten son. God is not trying to withhold any good thing from us. 
He's not trying to withhold any good thing from us. He wants us to know. He wants us to submit ourselves under him. He wants us to come to him as a child. Like the same way we want our children to come to us when they're small, to ask for permission. You know, I don't know about you, but my children never planned to stay over someone else's house without asking me first. They understood They understood order. They understood that as a child, you have to ask your parents, can you do stuff before you do it? And that's how God wants us to understand that we have to, we need to acknowledge them. So don't get anxious. Don't think that you got to hurry up and get this done or hurry up and do this or hurry up and do anything. If God has not given you instructions and, and, and listen for the voice, he said, my sheep know my voice. So God will use other people to give you wisdom to tell you what to do. Recognize the voice. He used the donkey for Christ's sake. So let's not become so prideful and arrogant that if he tells, gives you a word through somebody that you can't hear. Maybe because it's not the word you want to hear. And sometimes that, that's something I talk to people and the Lord had me say something to them and it's like, well, I, I, need to, I need to wait on the Lord. I said, well, the Lord was just talking to you. He said, my sheep know my voice and a stranger's voice they will not follow. How many of you know that God used people to not just physically help other people, but God will use a person to give you a word. He'll use a person to give you a word of wisdom. He'll give you. He'll use a person to give you a word of knowledge. God speaks through people, just like he spoke through the donkey. There's more than one way he'll speak to, through you, but he'll speak through people too. He told the prophet, he said, don't, don't do it. Don't, don't go curse my people. And then he see he was bent on doing what he wanted to do. He said, okay. How many of you know that God won't override our will? If you want to do something, he'll let you do it. But thank God for his grace and his mercy. Because he used that donkey to intercept his life. He, uh, he had the angel, the blind Saul on the road to Damascus to get ready to go kill some more, persecute some more Christians. So he used a donkey. He spoke to a, through, to a man through the voice of a donkey. The thing that really amazes me is that he turns around and want to beat the donkey. I mean, the fact that a donkey is talking to you he was so bent on doing what he wanted to do that he didn't even find it out of the ordinary um, by the fact that a donkey was talking to him. That alone would have let me know that was God. And then the donkey was telling him, the, you know, why, why are you trying to kick, beat me? Haven't I always done what you asked? So if I'm acting different, in other words, if I'm acting out of the ordinary, something must be off. Why are you keep beating me? And he speaks back to the donkey. I mean, he is stiff, straight up stiff-necked and rebellious. When we're stiff-necked and rebellious, we're just blinded. It causes us to be blind. You got a whole donkey talking to you. You talking back to the donkey because you just like a donkey. You're stiff-necked and rebellious just like that donkey. And you bent on doing what you want to do. He was bent on doing what he wanted to do to profit a bell. Be still and know that I'm Lord. And being still don't mean not doing nothing. It just do, do, do what Jesus did. 
you know, uh, uh, despise not the day of small beginnings. Because uh, sometimes I think we're too prideful to start off small. We want to start off with the big, uh, the big, the arena with 30,000 people. But we ain't really took time out to even minister to two or three, four or five people. Despise not the day of small beginnings. Everything starts with a seed. Everything starts with a seed. You can look at the biggest tree in the world and it started with a seed. Even if they transplanted it, even if they picked it up from one place and put it somewhere else, it was before it it grew into to, to that big tree. It was a little seed. Everything starts with the seed. Despise not the days of small beginnings because it's during that process that your character is being developed. We have to have character to go with the call. It's not enough just to be a good teacher. It's not enough just to know how to prophesy. It's not enough just to be able to lay hands on the sick and they recover. It's not enough. We need character. Because the gifts and callings, they come from God. That's not us. That's the spirit in us. But we need character. We need to be able to be a kind person. That's up to me. God is not going to make me patient. God is not going to make me kind. God is The Holy Spirit is not going to make me gentle. The Holy Spirit is not going to make me be happy. All that stuff is in us, but it has to be manifested through us. We have to allow the fruits of the Spirit to be developed. There's going to be developed through the process, tribulations, Tribulations is going to produce the characteristics of Christ. And let that flesh suffer. Because it's in that process that uh, fruit are being developed. Fruit is developed in tribulations. It's going to be you okay. The only thing that's suffering, the Lord said, the only thing that's suffering is your flesh. Your spirit is fine. I'm getting ready to end here, but we want to enter into the rest of the Lord. We want to rest in the Lord. We have to have faith in God. Know that uh, having confidence in God's love for us will cause us to have faith in him. Okay. When you, when we have confidence in God's love for us, we can trust him. It's easy to trust someone when you know that they love you, right? It's easy to believe someone when you know that they love you. It's easy to believe someone when you know that they have never told you a lie and they can never lie. Okay, so let's enter into the rest of God. It was because of their unbelief that they could not enter in. So when we're not resting in God, that's why why we're feeling anxious. So if you find yourself dealing with a lot of anxiety, he said, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, just let your request be made known unto God. Then the peace of God, if we want to experience the peace of God, he's telling you, we have to do these, there's prerequisites, okay? He's saying first, God, the reason you're not at peace is because you ain't prayed about it. And if you prayed about it, then you got to have faith. And you got to have, we have to stand in faith. Lord, it's not about having faith in your faith. It's just having faith in what God has said. It's having confidence in his love for us. Faith worketh by love. We have to believe that God loves us before his, for our faith in him to work. It, it's, it's having faith in what he already said. We're not trying to get anything to happen. It's already finished. It's already done. And we have to believe that it's already finished and it's already done because Jesus Christ is in heaven now. He's not coming back right now. He's not coming back until his return. He's finished. He left the Holy Spirit in the earth to work through us, to empower us. So I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. You don't have an orphan spirit. He said, as a believer, he said, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. One translation says an orphan. 
I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. That's his promise to us. So when you're feeling alone and you're feeling like you're by yourself and feeling like you got to figure this out, stop for a minute and remind God of what he said. Father, I, I command this spirit of re- this rejection, of this spirit of isolation, depression. I command all this to go because I am not alone. I have the spirit of the living God living on the inside of him, me. It's because of him that I live, move, and I even have my uh, being. It's because of him that I'm alive. His, he breathes his very breath through me. I am an heir and a joint heir in Jesus Christ. I am a child of God, a son of God, a daughter of God. I am, uh, God is my Abba Father. He provides for me. He's Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Akitsunu. He is my everything. I'm not alone. We're not, we're not orphans. We have a father. As born-again believers, God is our Abba Father. And guess what? You don't have to figure this out. You don't have to figure it out. God already has the blueprints. And he's going to give it to you a piece at a time as you can handle it. Isn't that how we get our children? We give them responsibilities according to their age. When, when my babies were two, uh, one year old, I didn't put them up in their hands. When they were 10 months old, I didn't put a mop in their hand. They wasn't ready for that yet. But as they begin, the older they begin to grow, the more responsibilities I gave them. Life is in pieces. Life is in a process. It's a little here, a little there, a little here. Right? First the blade, then first the seed, then the blade, then the whole, the ear of corn. It's a process. So be patient. Just because you know a lot of Bible verses or just because you have a gift don't mean you spiritually mature. Just because you've been walking with, you've been saved for 20 years, you can be saved 20 years and still be a baby Christian. We want to know why? Because you did not allow the fruits of the Spirit to develop. Let patience have its perfect work. Impatient people are immature people. Hold on, wait a minute. Um, Because it's like a baby. When you're impatient, it's like I want it and I want it now. And without patience, we cannot be steadfast and movable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Because when we don't have patience, we're here and we're there and we're double-minded and we're scattered and we're unstable in all our ways. Simply because we did not let patience have its perfect work. It says it was through faith and patience that they, they inherit the promises of God. It says after you've done the will of God, then you're going to have to learn to wait. Why? Because we're waiting for the promise to manifest. It was a seed. It's a seed. Everything comes in seed form. Nothing happens without a seed. I did a, a, a YouTube video on that. Nothing happens without a seed. Okay, I'm getting ready to end here. You guys be blessed. Be so encouraged. Remember to keep looking at what's good in your day so you can see God's goodness throughout your day. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. And um, get wisdom. Seek godly counsel. And the multitude of counsel is safety. Okay? And when someone don't want to tell you what you want to hear, it doesn't mean that's not God saying it. You know, I'm sure Sarah didn't want to hear that, hey, God didn't mean for you to use your handmaiden to have a baby. If someone would have came and told Sarah that, she probably would have shut him out or shut him off because that's not what she wanted to hear. She wanted to, she wanted what she wanted. And so she came out of season because she had no patience. And when you don't have patience, then you jump out of season. So if it's not working for you now, just sit down and wait and go back to doing what he said. Go on and feed some people. Go on and clothe some people. It, it doesn't matter how anointed we are. It, you, everybody should have some type of outreach connected to their life. 
Everybody should have some type of community service attached to their life because outreach is Christ reaching out through others to help others. And Jesus said, when you've done it unto them, you've done it unto me. Jesus came from heaven to earth to disciple his disciples. He didn't just teach them Bible study. He actually fed the hungry in their face. He actually washed their feet in their face. He was showing them he was a leader. A leader leads by example. He was showing them what to do by what he did. It wasn't, yes, Jesus said, okay, yeah, we need to preach the gospel, but we need to feed the hungry too. They was like, Jesus, send them away. The multitude, he said, no, they'll starve. They've come a long way. We got to feed these folks. We didn't just want them to come to our crusade just so we could preach to them and send them away. These people have some physical needs. We don't want them just coming to our church knowing that they, they ain't got no gas, electric water, and they need food, and there's things that they need, and we just going to preach them a word and send them home and pretend like, and ignore their needs. Jesus didn't ignore the needs of the people. This is why I used to say I will not go to a church that didn't, a building that didn't have some type of outreach attached to it. Because without outreach, there is no, outreach is Christ in action. Outreach is the word, is the work of the word. Faith without works is dead. Jesus himself said, show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by works. And it's not just the building. What you do at a corporate level it's a corporate level. But what you, as an individual, we're, it, we're called, we're, the body is, the, you know, when we come together, that's the body or operating corporately. But we're all one, individual members that make up a body. As individual members, we're all called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. The body, it, we're, we were supposed to make disciples, not church members. What we did was we made church members and not disciples. And so we have a bunch of people that was gathering every Sunday and, and hearing a lot of entertainment because if it's a lot, not a lot of teaching going on, that's what we have. So they didn't know how to do what they knew. And when we was, you know, you got to know how to do what you know. So we have to know how to apply the word to our lives. It's not just enough to know about the story of, of, of uh, Jonah. And how the fish swallowed them up. I need to know, what does that have to do with my everyday life? What does a story about a man being swallowed up with a fish have to, and this is what I do. This is what teachers do. Teachers have the ability to, God has gifted them with the ability to be able to impart how to. We need to know how to. That's why every joint supplies a need. You are just one part of the body. The pinky cannot uh, live without being attached to the rest of the body. We are one body, but many members. This A man left to himself is full of his own ways. Everyone should have somebody that they can call and say, hey, listen to this. But we judge everything according to the word of God. Everything. What is the counsel of God concerning whatever it is that you need to know? The counsel of God is the word of God, which is the wisdom of God. He's never going to tell you. God did not tell. Listen to me. God did not tell Sarah to use her handmaiden to have a baby with her husband. He did not tell her that. That was not the word. That was not his word. She, it, There was a way that seemeth right unto her. That's how deception gets in. That's how deception gets in. And you have to be able to take correction. Because if someone says to you, no, God didn't say that. 
Let me tell you how I know he didn't say that because here in his word, this is what he says. You have to be able to take correction because without correction, we open ourselves up to that spirit of deception. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof, before Carlton Pearson went, you know, and, and started doing what he was doing, the Lord sent people into his life for counsel. They had godly counsel. They said, no, this is not the voice of the Lord. You need to stop saying that. You have to come through Jesus Christ to get saved. Everybody's not saved. Yes, he made the way for everybody to get saved, but we have to accept Jesus Christ to get saved. You do have, so, you know, and and they was correcting him and and trying to tell him and trying to get him back on. But the, the deception had set in because there is a way that seemeth right. In his mind, this is it. This is the right way. And just like Eve was deceived, we too can become deceived if we are not willing to stick with sound doctrine. Make sure you got somebody in your life that's rooted and grounded in the Word of God that can help us. Because sometimes when we get anxious and we want stuff that we want stuff so bad, we begin to justify things and try to make things fit together. And knowing that we're out of alignment, knowing it's not, you know, it's not in line with what God is saying. Is it measuring up to what God is saying? If I have to try to make it fit, then God is not legit. You should not have to try to make it fit. What is the counsel of God concerning whatever it is? If you have not, if he has not downloaded the blueprints, then that means you don't do anything about that right now. Keep doing what you was doing. Keep writing. Keep ministering. Keep doing what you're doing until he gives you another word. He said he, he's promised that if we acknowledge him, he would direct us. That's his promise to us. He promised us that if we ask him for wisdom, he would give it to us. That's his promise to us. Okay, I'm getting ready to end it here. When we, can, we, when we can rest in the word, we can rest in God. The children of Israel could not enter into his rest because of unbelief. So if you're not resting, if you're feeling anxious, and if you're all over the place, it's because we're not having confidence in God's love. We got to have confidence in God's love. And in order to believe what he say, we can know a lot of Bible verses and not believe them. Do you know you can know the word and not believe the word? Just because you know what the scriptures say, don't mean, do you believe what you know? And the way we could tell when we believe what we know is because we act on what we believe. There's no condemnation. Folk, meditate on God's love for you. Pick up my book, Understanding God's Love for Us. It's a, it's a Bible study guide. It, you know, we need to, we got to go to the elementary principles of gospel um, because this is going to teach you how to uh, impart the word of God. We need to know how to apply it to our lives. Just knowing the scripture is not enough. We got to know how to apply it. We got to know how to do it. Okay. So I'm getting ready to end here. You guys keep looking for the good in your day. So you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. Um, every good and perfect gift comes from him. Again, thank you for joining. And this is Arthur Pearly Martin. With biblical principles for inner healing. You guys, I'm going to do my, um, I have a Christian speed dating event. Join my page, Dating Identifiers, Mary and God's Way. Um, so whenever I start the enrollments and the registration and stuff, you can stay in too. Be blessed and be encouraged. Okay, bye-bye.